Hello there, everyone, and welcome into the newest installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller, and as always, we're brought to you by my friends over with the CG Sports Network, and we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. Now, my guest today stems from a background similar to mine in that of the world of swimming, but after having a storied career both as an athlete and then as a coach, she went on to building careers for herself. That's right, plural, careers for herself as a pharmaceutical sales manager. And she was also able to turn herself into a multi-million dollar entrepreneur through her work in real estate and now in media. She's now working also as a life coach and she is a recent author of the book, Take Your Mark, Lead, which is a self-help go-to guide for people who urgently want to take charge of their lives. Kelly Palace, ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Palace is here with us on the show today, and I could not be more excited to introduce her to you. She's also a fellow podcaster working on Champions Mojo, which I encourage you all to make time to go give it a listen as well. We have very similar qualities in terms of what it is we're trying to do with our podcast, so I certainly encourage you to go check that out. But in relation to this particular episode of the show, it's always great when we can get back to the the real cornerstone of what this podcast was built upon. And Kelly allows us to do that today as she is able to constantly look back and see all these many great qualities that she was using as an athlete back in the day that has allowed her to find the success in so many different areas in the years following her sports career. And I love it when it comes together like this because Yes, we sometimes get away from this type of a theme, let's say, within our episodes, but when we can come back to the sheer core values of what this podcast is about, I'm always all for it, and I'm so glad that we're able to do that with this particular episode with Kelly today. So be sure to sit back and relax and get excited to listen into some of this just fantastic content courtesy of Kelly Palace, and I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, before we jump into this interview, please make sure if you're on Instagram, go to career underscore competitor, give us a follow. There you're going to find information about all my guests and episodes that we have coming up. In addition, I have links in my bio to each and every episode too. That link will take you to Apple Podcasts. If you are someone that likes to listen through Apple Podcasts, while you're there, take the time to leave a review of some sort. You can just click the fifth star, make things easy on yourself, or you can even write something as well. Let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. In addition to that, make sure you're subscribed or following the show on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. And finally, I would love to connect with you personally. So if you're on LinkedIn, make sure you're connecting with me, Steve Meller. I would love to hear from you. I would also love to hear if you think you or somebody else could be a great guest to come on the show. So many reasons to be following us, so many reasons to be listening to Career Competitor Podcast. But for now, let's get right to the interview. Okay, well, it gives me the greatest pleasure to welcome in Kelly Palace to the Career Competitor Podcast. Kelly, how are you today? Oh, Steve, I'm so great. It's just fantastic to be here. And I, I've, been, I've been waiting to get on your show because <laughs> I, lo- I love the name of your podcast, <sighs> Career Competitor. I love that. Well, let's, let's start right there then. Because for me, sometimes with this show, I bring people on and they're trying to figure out, do, do we want to talk about your career? Do we want to talk about you, the competitor? And your story, frankly, Kelly, just screams someone who has always found a version 
of themselves in their career by find, maintaining that competitor that you are and everything that you seem to have done. That seems to be from the outside looking in, and I'm excited for you to address that a little bit here. So talk to me a little bit about that. What does, what does being a career competitor mean to you? Yeah, I, I think it means being competitive in whatever you do. And, and the competition is usually against myself. So I know that that's, that's weird, but as, you know, an aging athlete and an athlete that, um, you know, looks back on a long career, I've been swimming for, you know, 50 years now. Um, it's, it's usually just being competitive against myself. So Mm -hmm. I, I think being competitive and then taking whatever that is. Okay. Last time that we did a, you know, you know, you know that I have a podcast as well. And last time our podcast numbers were this last week. Well, next week we want them to be that. And mm-hmm. then if, if I um, am working with somebody that I'm coaching, cause I, I do executive coaching, if I'm working with somebody that I'm coaching. So am I being as good this week as I was last week? So it's, I think it's, I think being competitive means something Generally, of course, it means you want to win at things, Mm -hmm. but it also who are you winning against, I think, is kind of a personal interpretation. Absolutely. And so many of my guests have had their own ways and perspectives and experiences of of sharing this exact sentiment. And for me, what I would love to address here a little bit is the way in which you've started out this more obvious career journey of being an athlete, being a swimmer, as you mentioned there, and how you've found these different avenues to go down whilst remaining competitive, whilst trying to win, as you put it. How have you noticed the way in which you've evolved as a competitor from one of these ventures to the next to the next? Because you've got a lot. You've, had, you've done a lot in your lifespan, and it's, it's so impressive. And so for me, I'm just really curious to learn how you feel as though you've evolved as a competitor over the years. Yeah, I think it's taking the best of what sports offers. So, you know, sports offers us time management. It offers us goal setting. It offers us technique improvement. It offers us the, the proper mindset. So in all of my business ventures, and I've been really fortunate uh, to be very successful in business. And I, and mm. I joke about this um, in, in my book, which I know we're going to talk about that, you know, I was kind of a bubble headed cheerleader um, in high school. I was not the one that was, you know, ever going to be voted most likely to succeed. And yet um, I've, I've done so well in my careers that are not in swimming. And I think it comes from, let, let's start off with kind of my first one, which is being an NCAA division one head coach. So that was really that was a goal I had. I wanted to be like one of the youngest D1 head coaches. And I was. I did five years at Arkansas. Say, yeah, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you, but you, yeah. you, you, you made a decision to do something that, frankly, there wasn't a much of a blueprint for either. You know, you very much right. were one of the first at what you did. And I just wanted to make that sort of known to the record that <laughs> this wasn't something that you were able to look around and see so many examples of it. This was a, this was a blueprint that you yourself were having to create. Right. And then it was actually going against the tide where I had some of my own swimmers say they didn't want to swim for a woman. You know, mm-hmm. they, they changed that. But just so setting goals to, you know, in order to be a D1 head coach, first, you've got to do a number of years as an assistant, which I did. You've got to get certain certifications. You've got to 
you know, be a, a really uh, a great recruiter, you know, all of those things. So when you go in and you interview for the head job, you can say, yeah, well, I recruited these people to go at this school. And I, you know, was responsible for coaching, you know, the middle distance at this school and they got 10 All-American honors. And, you know, so when you set up, so it was setting those goals. So mm. I did that. And I, and I was uh, one of the youngest head coaches, especially I think probably women wise, mm. I was one of the very first D1 head coaches altogether. And then, and then after I left coaching, I went into Pfizer pharmaceutical sales. Sales is hugely competitive and mm. you get rewarded proportionally for how well you do. What's funny is when you're a, a, a head coach of probably almost any sport, you keep your job. It's, it's now they're, they're putting in bonuses, but even if you're, you were a high performer back in the nineties as a D one head coach, there were no bonuses for NCAA finalists or NCAA qualifiers or, right. or a high grade point average. You basically got to go in every year and say, okay, you're not going to get fired. Mm. So when I went into a, a corporate America and I worked for Pfizer pharmaceuticals for a decade, oh my gosh, you know, if I was number one or number two or number three, our bonuses were huge. Mm. And so it was taking those skills that I learned, which were that again, you know, time management, of course, hard work, um, doing things that other people didn't want to do that. That's like the classic, you know, how do you become a champion? Well, you do things other people just aren't, don't like to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and goal setting and working hard and having, you know, positive self-talk and the mindset of, I can do this, boy, it sure doesn't look like it. When I took over, you know, my first Pfizer territory, it was terrible. Nobody was buying the drugs that I was selling. And then I, you know, I, I made those goals. And, and then I went on, you know, after that to uh, do very well in real estate, mm -hmm. you know, and it was again, kind of goal setting where I don't know how I came up with this random number, but I said, you know, by the time I'm this age, I want to own this many houses and I want to have flipped this many homes. Mm -hmm. And so I just broke it down into if, if this is my goal by 2020 and this is the year 2000, well, then I have to do, you know, one house a year yeah. and, and add that. And so it's really having a long range vision, but also working every day as if you have the short range vision, which is, you know, taking care of the moment mm. and, um, Maria and I, my co-host, who's, you know, my best friend and my co-host of our podcast, we always talk about, you know, just putting those pennies in the jar. Mm. So I just, you know, I feel like that being, a, you know, a jock as I kind of uh -huh. am and, and always was and was thought of as, um, you know, I was nominated for my uh, senior superlative as the most athletic in my yeah. senior, um, you know, my senior class. But um so it's taking those things that athletes do well and taking them into whatever endeavor outside of athletics that one wants to succeed at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love the way, I love the way you express the, the need to put the pennies in the jar as you put it and understanding the, the, the importance of remaining in the moment. The, the one thing though, that is, is really clear that you were, willing to give all of these ventures that you've been successful in the time to come to fruition to be successful like you didn't you didn't just put your foot in the water 
and then decide, okay, no, if this isn't working, try something different. This isn't working, try something different. You talked about your your role and your your positions there within coaching to get yourself qualified, to put you in that position as a head coach. You talked about 10 years of commitment towards pharmaceuticals. You, you, I'm assuming that didn't come overnight in terms of the success that you have with real estate either. And, and in terms of understanding that all of these little moments that you were able to keep putting on top of one another after another was something that was a slow commitment. It wasn't something that was going to be overnight. And I think that is, again, getting people to understand the benefit of the goal setting that you're talking about here, that this is a, yes, we need to have our ultimate goals, those maybe those dream goals, but there's so many teeny tiny steps along the way. And would you say that a lot of those 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 small moments, those those small steps along the way, Kelly, that you had to have these tiny goals, these little day-to-day goals, maybe even just what am I going to get out of the day type of goals? Exactly. Because I am incredibly impatient. That would be, you know, <laughs> one of my truly one of my top, you know, if somewhere like, okay, name name a few of Kelly's characteristics. I'm impatient. So how when I when I kind of look at all those careers, those were things that I stuck with. And it was really important to me to have little, not, I wouldn't even call them little goals, but mm. goals that I could feel really good about and know that this, this was a stepping stone. And, and I always, you know, it's easy to me to relate things to swimming. Like, you know, maybe if I want to swim a 5,300 meter long course free as a woman, you know, and I'm thinking of, you know, people like Penny Alexiak or, mm. you know, Simone Manuel, or, you know, any of our freestylers, Erica Brown, um, if I want to swim that, well, then I need to start and practice by doing 25s in, you know, 10 flat or something. Sure, and sure. so, so it was kind of like when I knew that I had become a really great recruiter, it was just, I just want to get one recruit. It mm. wasn't like I started out and saying, you know, at the university of Arkansas, even though it's hard to recruit women to come and be hogs in a bathing suit, you know, <laughs> uh, it was like, instead of like, okay, we want to get 10 top 10 women. Let's just get one. Let's just mm. go after one. And so when I would get that one recruit, which we got, you know, it, it kind of, it just encourages you to go further. And even though, you know, the first house that you get as an investor, you always remember your first house, you know, mm. it's kind of like, okay, that's one step closer to getting there. And I think that comes from being a miler. You know, my best event has always been the mile. And it's right. like, you don't want to think, you know, the the 30s and 40s when you're swimming a mile, that is the most painful because you're just, you've put yourself out there. You're swimming on the threshold. You're mm. not at the end yet. You know, you probably have 500 more yards or meters. And but you just stay in the moment. You're just like, okay, at this moment, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, mm. I'm holding my pace. I'm scared to death that in the next hundred, I'm going to die and the piano is going to follow me. But right now I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to hold my pace and you can kind of, so that's, you know, just having those little goals. So instead of to get to your question, like to, to think, um, I am going to hold this pace through number 30 of, yeah. you know, my, my 30th length of this. And it's kind of like, I'm going to hold this pace of working hard. I, I remember when we were, when we were flipping houses, we were in the trenches. I mean, we mm. were doing a lot of the work. It's hot in Florida. You buy a house that's just full of, you know, like I, I remember one house we bought, it had rats nests all oh through it, gosh. you know, and we're in 
gloves and masks and we're, you know, we're digging out rat's nest. And, you know, when you buy a foreclosure, somebody may not have lived there for a couple of years. And, you know, we're in there in hundred degree heat. Just, I'm just thinking, what are we doing? But then I would visualize this beautifully renovated, gorgeous, you know, you, you clean up the house and you paint it and you redo the floors and all the light fixtures and all the plumbing. And then it's just some magnificent before and after. And, but each little day was a victory. So that's, you make your victories. Yeah. You make your victories. I like that. And and the, the one thing I was, the one thing when we went into this interview, I was like, okay, how, how can we avoid talking too much about swimming? It's two people that live in the world of swimming. Right. Right. Um, But it's, it it is, it's so hard because it's so, uh, it's just so normal for us to, to, to talk that way. And, And as you talk about there being a mile swimmer, understanding the the value of trying to be as present as you're going through a race that is so easy to get caught up in what's to come it's so easy to get caught up in that and you mentioned how you feel encouraged by each step of the way and i think one thing people can be extremely guilty of and i'm sure people listening to this will be able to 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 connect with this is that we're always looking at what's to go as opposed to embracing what we've actually accomplished and you said it there with getting one recruit as opposed to focusing on the fact that you weren't able to get 10 you you celebrated the one and i think so many listening to this need to start celebrating the one celebrating the step celebrating the moment whatever it may be yes it's not the ultimate goal yes you're not at the finish line yet but if you're listen if you're not listening to Kelly's words here and realizing that finish lines are really they're they're, they're very subjective they're, they're they're very much based around circumstances and understanding that for you because of those moments you were able to have well now the realism of this finishing line that was once a dream well you can now start to have that conversation you can now start to talk about house number nine house number 10 whatever it may be in the future Mm -hmm. because you were able to deal with those initial foreclosure houses and all those little things and i i think this is kind of an ideal moment in the conversation too to transition to your book as you referenced earlier because for me i know what the book's about so why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what the book's about well it's um it's something that i've been writing for about 10 years and Mm -hmm. i finished it with the pandemic but um it's called take your mark lead and it's, you know, it's on Amazon, but it's uh-huh. take your mark, lead 10 ways to lead yourself and others like a champion. And it's, um, it's 10 personas. So when that each chapter is a persona around, you know, someone like the, the target maker, the dis, um, the discipline, discipline developer, the habit hacker, the success celebrator, I really believe that we have to kind of see ourselves as the type of person. And that's when you go through coaching training for like life coaching or um, health coaching or success coaching. When I work with a client, they have to see themselves as the type of person who like Mm. they, they, you you can't just say, I'm going to get up and run five miles. You have to see yourself as a runner. Mm. And when they, when you take on that persona of I am a fit person. You, you really own it. So yeah. that's the, the chapters are um, 10 chapters of the components that I think take to be a leader, to lead yourself and to lead others. And it's not just my stories. It's mostly 
other people's stories. You know, mm. Bob Bowman, I was fortunate enough to get Bob Bowman to write the forward. That's Michael Phelps' coach for the non-swimmers in here. <laughs> um, and and he wrote the forward. And, he, you know, he talks about the same thing that career competitors about, that mm. taking these, you know, how the world of athletics is is a tough place and how we can transfer that into life. So mm. I took just what we're talking about, all the tenants that I think make athletes successful that everyday people can use in the real world. So it's kind of around that um, concept of using these, these techniques and tenants that champions use, the mindset, the celebrating, the discipline, the hard work, all of those things and using them every day in life. And so each chapter tells a story at the beginning. Some stories are, you know, there's a golf story, there's a baseball story, there's a Cody Miller story in swimming. Um, there's a there is a story about me going through breast cancer and how I used that, you know, how I used my swimming to help get me through breast cancer. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really just something that I've collected stories and these tenants and then the research, like there are 30 pages of resources in the back of where I took articles. Like it's not just me that says, Oh, cold showers, uh, make you more disciplined and they help with depression. Right. All the, all this scientific research says cold showers. So, so, um, so that's the book. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I wanted you to explain it, because as we've spoken about through the first half of this discussion, we talk about these moments, we talk about these little steps. And one thing we talk about on this show, it's come up a lot and something I personally address a lot in my daily work with my athletes is, is that of roles, the roles that we play in our life. And you reference it as, as 10 personas within this book. And the one thing I don't want to do is assume that they're the same because I I'm I, I don't think they are. And I'm I'm really interested to talk to you here about from a competitive standpoint, and you're talking about leadership. Of course, leadership is a huge component of being competitive. As you look at the the many roles in your life, and you have a lot, you know, all these many roles in your life, do you find these personas that you reference here in the book? they come and they go and they, they, they interchange and they interweave from one role to the next. Just talk to me a little bit about how you feel personas can, can have to change in the, in the sense of, of how our roles change on a day-to-day basis. Yes, I think that's a great question. And so I will just take on whatever of those personas that can help me in that situation. So mm. think about like the discipline developer. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are coming back from being out of shape with the pandemic, you know, just the, the quarantine 10 or the quarantine 15 (laughs) or the quarantine 20. And I was, you know, I was one of those people, the gyms were closed. I wasn't swimming, but even though I'm a regular master swimmer, so I came back to swimming and I was just, so it was just one of those places where, you know, whenever you take off from swimming, you come back and you're like, this feels so terrible. I, this is the time I've now forgotten how to swim. It's right. like, okay, I'm never <laughs> going to learn happened. how to swim. It's it finally, finally happened. happened. I forgot how to swim. <laughs> and so I use that discipline developer where I just think of the techniques that I've learned, which is, you know, you can eat a whole elephant one bite at a time. You just put one penny in the jar and then you have. So whatever I'm needing to go through, then I take on that persona. And, and the you know, you can switch between them, but they... Um, the ones that I think are the, you know, the 10. So an eager leader is someone who, who steps up. Then there's the target maker. So do I have the proper goals? Like, am I, am I just flailing, you know, with what I'm doing? You know, uh, Marie and I are starting kind of our 
our third year of our podcast and yeah. we're about to set goals for our third year. So that at that point, I would take on the target maker, the passionate persister. This is something that really helped me get through breast cancer was um, that's kind of when I talk about the passionate persister, that chapter is amazing for people dealing with pain, with mm. actual physical pain or a physical illness. I went through a chronic illness for 10 years. I'll spare you the details because medical talk is no fun. Um, but using that, the habit hacker, the peak performer, the confidence carrier, you've got to be confident. You, you, mm. you know, like sometimes I'll check myself and it'll be my negative self-talk and I'll be like, wow, if I said that to one of my <laughs> coaches or one of my swimmers, they would like report me to, you know, abuse, being an abusive coach. Sure, if I, sure. if what I just said to myself, and so then I'll realize that I'm really lacking confidence in mm. this, you know? And so um, then there's the reflective thinker where you cannot make steps to go forward in any endeavor that you want to succeed in unless you really reflect. And I think a lot of times high achievers and competitive people will just go from one uh, success or one task to the next. And they don't mm. ever reflect what did I need to do? What did I do well? So you get to celebrate that, which is the success celebrator. That's the last mm. one. Um, what did I do well? And what do I need to improve? So it's really important to be that reflective thinker. So I kind of do a daily check and I journal. So that's one, one really nice way to say, which one of these important personas do I need to call on? And maybe, you know, maybe I'm lacking confidence. Maybe I'm lacking discipline. I'm yeah. being lazy. Maybe I'm afraid of pain, which is so common to be afraid of pain. Uh, maybe I don't have my goals in line. So mm. I really, this is, you know, the book is, as many people have written to me, they say, boy, this is something to keep on my nightstand, my, my nightstand because it's, it's, it's kind of a guide yes. as much. I almost called it a guidebook, but, yeah. um, I don't know if I've answered your question. You absolutely have. I mean, for me, first off, the way I would personally, like knowing the book a, a, a little prior to our conversation, listening to you talk more about it, I would call it almost like a reflective manual, like this manual that you can, at the end of your day, reflect upon. Where did I go wrong? What did I do well? How can I do better? Like just that, that ability just to kind of look in the moment and truly analyze yourself if you are in any kind of role of, of leadership. And I, I think... For me, we talk about leadership on this show a little bit, and I've always been one that believes that leadership is what you want it to be. Like, if you want to be a leader, go ahead and do it. Um, you know, and I, I'm for for me listening to you talk about these personas and and these types of leaders. For me, as someone who talks so much about roles, you know, when I went through depression establishing roles within my life really helped me get out of it simply because I was so all or nothing as an athlete that I thought that's how I had to be in every single role of my life and it was drowning me it was drowning me every single day it was too much for one human being to handle and when I listen to you talk about these types of leaders and as I use there in my um my example of explaining, I see it almost as a, an opportunity for people to reflect daily. I think what you're providing here with this book is an opportunity for people to kind of give themselves a break. It's to say, hey, I can't do it all. I can't do it all. I can't be all 10 of these things every moment, every single day, but I can analyze it. I can reflect and I can say, hey, you are capable of having these moments, these attributes within your life, just can't all be at once. And that's what I'm hearing at least. 
absolutely. And, and, you know, Maria and I say that all the time, uh, you, you can't be everything all at once. Mm. And, you know, you can, you can do individual things at each time. And I, I think that you, you summarized it perfectly. Well, I'll just write that on the book next time you, uh, for, <laughs> okay. for the second one. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, 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 where I want to kind of finish this today, Kelly, is that your podcast champions, champions mojo. I, I love it. Obviously I, I've, I've been on and I'm excited for my, my, my episode to be we released. We are too. It was a and, great, great show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so for me, this, I'm going to sort of classify this as the, the final role, let's say, let's stick with that theme, the final role that you have within your life on a day-to-day basis. Talk to me a little bit about the the reason why this came about, why t- almost three years ago, the, the, the two of you sat down and said, this is something we have to do. Talk about where it is you're trying to go with it. Just give me a little bit of a, of, of a timeline or a reflection, let's say, on, on what the show's about and really just why it is it's so important to you. Yeah. Uh, so I love technology, believe it or not. I'm even though I'm a little little older than the the normal technology crowd, maybe it's because my husband is 12 years younger than I am. You know, he when when we met, he was 30, you know, 30, and I was 42. And so I've always he's he's a techno head. So I I he started listening to podcasts, and he mm. got me turned on to podcasts. And this was before podcasts really just took off. Like sure. um, this was before the the pandemic, before the lockdown. So we were a year before the lockdown in March of 19. And I just, I wanted to listen to a swimming podcast. Like Mm. I, I wanted to have a podcaster interviewing the top swimmers and the top coaches. And I couldn't find one. There was not one. It was USA swimming had one once a month and it was kind of spotty. And, you know, it was, I think that was like the main one swim swim had one in the 2015, but it died. There was not one for swim swim. Um, there was a little woman named Kate who was doing a podcast in her closet. I think she was 15. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And that she had done like three episodes and you know about pod fade, which you have not done, but pod fade is where it's real, um, it's it's real. real and, and yeah. people do the average number that people do is seven podcasts and then, and then they die. So yeah. I thought, somebody needs to do this. And I had, you know, I'd done a lot, like my, one of my first careers was actually a sport in sports broadcasting. Yeah. And I, I, that was right out of NC state. I did a year with Jefferson pilot production and, um, that's in the book too. But anyway, um, so we started the podcast, started interviewing people, got great people because nobody was asking these people to be on podcasts. So we got, you know, all the top people we did month after month. I mean, week after week, it was just piling up and we loved it. And, um, I, I think the, you know, the main thing is just have great conversations that inspire people and every other week. And Maria, I brought in because she is a, she's a cyclist, but not a swimmer. So she, when we have a lot of non-swimming listeners, as well as swimming listeners, because sure. we don't talk, we do not talk the X's and O's of swimming. We're not no. going to talk about how many underwater dolphin kicks or how what, what splits you're doing. Um, so we have a lot of non-swimming listeners. So when somebody does say backstroke flags or underwaters, Maria can go, what's a backstroke what's flag? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, cause I mean, you and I backstroke flag, it's like, of course, but how do you not know? literally <laughs> if you ask a thousand people, Steve, what is a backstroke flag? They'd be like, I, I don't you know. know. It's just, so anyway, flag. Yeah. so Maria and I got the excuse to talk every week. She's a world-class athlete. Uh, we got to talk to all these great people. It just became a lot of fun. And mm. then it just, 
grew and grew and, uh, and we're still having fun with it. And it's, you know, and now we're, we're branching out, not just to swimmers, but we're also interviewing, you know, all kinds of champions. And we like to talk about the word champion, meaning people who have won at, things in life, but also that champion causes, Mm. you know, like if you're a champion of a cause, so we're kind of going to go into that season a little bit, people who are championing things like, you know, raising money for cancer, you know, getting clean water to places. So that's, that's champions mojo. There you go. There you go. And if you've not listened to it, please do. Um, And and for me, what I love through this description is it really does hold true to a lot of what's in your book as well you're you're bringing people on yes there is a a big swimming community that's going to be following your podcast but at the same time like you said you're not talking about the x's and o's you're talking about the the discipline the persona as you use it that word that the persona of these people that make up who they are that that is why they've been able to help people get to points of becoming champions and and i'm sure with these people as well that are championing their certain causes. Uh, it's all about them, the people. It's about the person behind the champion. And I think that's a lot of what we do on this show too. Um, we've talked so much today about your career, but if you're not listening to this and getting a feel for the competitor and the components and the qualities that have made Kelly the success that she is, then you've simply not been listening closely enough. Like mm-hmm. it, it, There's so much good stuff in here and I'm, I'm so delighted that we were able to do this and have you on. And uh, just for the relationship and the friendship we're starting to build too, it means so much to me, Kelly. And again, thank you so much for the time and uh, good luck with anything and everything you've got going on in your life at the moment, okay? Thank you, Steve. It's been my pleasure. Really appreciate it. And my thanks again to Kelly for joining us on the show today. And before I forget, please make sure you take the time to go check out Take Your Mark Lead. You can find that book on Amazon right now if you go check it out on there. You can also go to takeyourmarklead.com where you can find out more information about the book and obviously get a copy of it for yourself too. So highly encourage you to do that. And I hope that our conversation today, courtesy of so many fantastic pieces of insight from Kelly, was enough to motivate you to do exactly that. Now, one area that I really wanted to hammer home with all of you based on that conversation is that you have to be in the game long enough to reap the rewards. And this is something that has come up in different ways before on the show, but the way in which Kelly addresses it addresses it as putting pennies in the jar each and every day and understanding that, yes, we need that big picture. We need to understand that as competitors, as we go down this path within our careers, that there has to be an ultimate goal. And maybe we have many ultimate goals that require many different approaches and can be on slightly different timelines. But that desire to constantly put a penny in the jar each and every day in order to move and progress and give ourselves these opportunities to achieve these incremental milestones along the way, it's such an important thing to, to truly embrace. And it's not about just being aware of it. It's about embracing it. Understanding that so many of these careers that Kelly has been successful in, none of them have been quick gains. They've all been long-term investments. They've all been these careers of longevity. And that is okay. Overnight success is not a normal thing. That's fortuitous. That is extremely lucky to have overnight success. That is not necessarily something that we can all expect or plan for. We have to understand that for 99.9% of us, 
We got to put those pennies in the jar every day. Have that big picture. Have that overview of what you want the finish line to look like. Know where you're going with your everyday decision making. But understand that those pennies are going to be put in the jar. That investment's going to be sometimes feel like it's really slow, but it's going to pay off. As long as we're understanding that we are in the long game, we are doing this for long-term benefits and hopefully consistent success for many, many years to come. So just some really great insight there, courtesy of Kelly. And I'm sure you took away your own nuggets of advice as well. And I hope you did. I hope there was maybe one or two things that maybe I didn't necessarily pick up on that you did. And that's what this show's all about, giving you just a massive amount of information and hoping that one or two of these pieces of advice will rub off on you and have an impact in your day, in your life, in your career as well. So thank you so much for taking the time for joining us. If this is your first time joining and listening to the show, I really do appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe so that you're never missing out on future episodes. And in the meantime, best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.